that's a growler. Welcome back, everybody, to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and our text dies. Mm. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Andrew Dorowski. Andrew, we've reached it, man. We're here. Finally. Ugh. <laughs> get it out of the way. He's been oh, dying to get to this point. Oh, guys. <laughs> well, Andrew, I'm glad you're back. I'm, I'm, again, so grateful that you volunteered for this week because most people did the exact opposite. <laughs> they just specifically were like, Please just don't give me the swaps of sadness. So I mean, you, I mean, they don't even have so to. <laughs> they don't even have to old yeller this one. I mean, like it's it's not one of those things where he he broke his leg. We have to put him down. It's like no, he just ha- I mean, Atreyu just has to be there. He doesn't have to do it. Yeah, yes, he just yep. has to not do anything. As the book stated, I don't even want you to watch. I just want you to walk away. Oh. Well, that would have been that. I feel like that's a a little bit better than this one where it just kind of cuts to black and then yeah, we'll we'll pretend a horse drowned. I read a script for this moment and it actually says fades out, fades in. (laughs) Yep. Uh, We fade into minute 33. No, the fade all happens within a minute. Uh, Minute 33 begins with a tray saying you have to care. And it ends with Bastion pulling out a tissue as he cries. And I am just going to top of the show in our lovely week of everyone being sad. And we, you know, joking, we're like, oh, it's the most depressing week. Let, let's take a minute to be serious about depression, because that's blatantly what the scene feels like an allegory for. Oh, it, um, it, absolutely, it absolutely is. And when, yeah. you, de- when you described oh. um, in the book Artax's quote about yep. what he was feeling and... Uh, go on without me and and all of those things that is extremely consistent with some of my experiences talking to people with with uh, depressive episodes this is useless why are we doing this this is stupid Mm -hmm. then it immediately goes into i'm so sad i'm so happy and then oh yeah you're right oh god it's so bad it's it's extremely difficult to help someone uh that you care about who is saying all of those things and knowing that that is legitimately, honestly, what they're feeling at that time. And the best thing you can do is try to help them move through that, uh, hopefully, brief cycle of it. Because in many cases, it's not a, like a constant uh, feeling. They'll have, you know, swings up and down and, and you can help them through sequences of it. That's why there are things like like a suicide prevention hotline that you yeah. can call. And it's like, I'm feeling this right now. And eventually it, it can be helped. Um, yeah. and, and if it had happened in this case, if, if you know, there had been a way to help Artax through it, that would have been it. It'd be a different uh, sequence, but it's also, you know, as short as it might be uh, in, in the real world, it can still be very long. Like I've had conversations with people for hours at a time where it's mm-hmm. talking through this, all those things that, that you quoted um, from the book for Artax saying, about you know not being adequate and not being necessary. I, like I've I've heard people say those things. Yes. And when you're trying to talk them through that for 45 minutes or or an hour, it is it is tough, especially when it's someone who's very close to you. Yeah. And one thing I want to say is that 
if you are somebody that's going through those kind of feelings, um, I know it's easiest to reach out to those people that are your friends, but understand that they might not have the tools to help you. Just like a tree who doesn't have the tools to help our tax here is really important that you know that you can seek professional help and that it doesn't diminish the way you're feeling. It doesn't diminish you as a person because you had to reach out outside of your group of friends to find somebody that can help you with these. Depression can be a disease and it's important that a professional help you with those problems. Yeah, there's a lot of very good legitimate professional help to to be had for this as well as the help of friends and family. Yes. Um, yeah. As long as you're able to express it even a little bit to them and and you find people who are able to receive that and and positively help you. But especially professional help. Uh, counseling is extremely useful and in many yes. cases, extremely effective. Especially if you can get your friends involved with it and have them along with you on that journey. Yes. I've, I've um, attended counseling sessions with people and I've seen, you know, how much good even a short, relatively simple session can be. And it, it's kind of a, a, a curve where you see maybe a little bit of progress and then very, not suddenly, but at a certain point you look back and you realize it's been a lot of progress. Yep. Um, and and I, I can't advocate enough that uh, you should fully take advantage of a counselor if you can, um, if, if there's not a prohibitive cost. I know there's even, um, there's apps that do it with kind of a monthly subscription that should be very affordable um, where you can get, you know, a, a regular Skype session or a text communication with, with a professional uh, who can help you through these things. And it doesn't have to be when you're dealing with severe depression or suicidal thoughts. It can be any time that you're feeling really overwhelmed. Um, Definitely. They help. I mean, the counseling that I've, I've gone to, I've even been able to, you know, say a few things. And the counselor is sensitive to the fact that, um, you know, while I'm there in support of someone else, there can be good things that come from, me talking about the things that I feel. So it, even if you're not dealing with this in, in the way that you expect when you think of someone with depression um, or, or, or any of these things, there's a lot of good to be had. And I think there's a lot of good to be had from, from sort of a, a normalizing of that sort of therapy and, uh, and discussion of those sorts of feelings. And there might be a lot of people who could even be, it could be like kind of a, a preventative um, measure if they had some sort of occasional uh, therapy or counseling before things get really severe. It's just another tool in your belt to help you in your journey through life. Which is, which is really what they provide you with. Exactly. They give you psychological tools to help manage things that if you can't, if you don't have the, the mechanisms to manage them, start to overwhelm you and, and, um, and they give you tools that help you deal with whatever the, the cause is, whether it's, you know, a grieving and a loss or something, or if it is the, the neurochemical imbalances that can also be the cause of depression. There's a lot of different things that go into it and it's very complex. And there's people who have gone through a lot of school and education to be able to help you individually. And that's one of the reasons that they cost so much. They have to tailor the stuff very personally. And you might not find the right person the right time, the, the mm -hmm. psychologist or psychiatrist or, or counselor or therapist that you go to the first time might not be the right fit. But when you find someone that can help you, it can be amazing. And in a way, people can 
completely change their outlook on life and and feel a sort of satisfaction that they at times think they can't possibly ever feel. And that's exactly. one, of, one of the big gulfs of depression is thinking, I will never feel good or happy again. Yes. Um, exactly. and, and there's ways to get out of that. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm oh, kind of okay. monopolizing no, this discussion. Okay. But I've had, I've had uh, you know, a close connection with some people. And I've also known people who, who have committed suicide. And so I'm yeah. a little bit sensitive yeah. to it about, you know, there are ways to find help. And if, if you're someone who doesn't personally have to deal with these things, please be sensitive and aware of the people around you and try to learn. If you have to look it up online, that's okay. Uh, learn ways to speak affirmatively to people that are dealing with yes. it. Cause it's, it's, I'm sure widespread enough that you almost certainly know someone who's dealing with it on some level. Yes. Please and, educate yourself. And yeah. So that you can be it is, a, a help to them. Yeah. It yeah. is possible to say the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's such a perfect transition to that. But I just wanted to say before we get back to our minute that if you are going through this, um, which I did actually multiple times because I would start and stop treatment constantly just because I wasn't finding anything that was clicking. It can feel like you're wasting your time talking to people that aren't the right fit. And I just want to say that it's not even if you're even if you're learning what you don't need. Like I talked to a psychiatrist at one point and I'm just like, wow, that was a, such a waste of two copays. Like that guy and I did not see eye to eye on anything. And it's like, well, now I know that, you know, you can take something from all of those interactions, even if it's not what you wanted it to be. It's mm-hmm. not a waste of time to seek help, even if it takes a while to get the help right. I know it can be extremely scary to try to seek help because I've helped walk people I care about into their first counseling session, you know, of this, of of a, of a stage of trying to deal with something instead of just coping instead of, you know, instead of just like, I can live with this going through the steps to say, I can resolve some of this and life can be a little easier. I've helped people and had to help convince people, you know, of the benefits of, of going and had to be there for the sessions. And, you know, it's, it can be very terrifying and it takes a lot of courage to take those steps and, and every step until you start seeing results, but it's so important. And if you're, if you're someone who's debating whether or not to take those steps, take the steps. And if you're someone who can help support someone in taking those steps, support them, take the time off work and go with them to a session that they're afraid to go to. Uh, It's, it's important to, to help everyone. And yeah. 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 Atreyu has an emotional flip in this minute that is not the right thing to say to someone. Yeah, yes, there is definitely it's, that moment. It's real. Before we move on to the movie, oh. one last thing just to, to transition away from this. If you're having thoughts of suicide, please pick up a phone and call 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you feel like you can't talk to somebody with your voice, if you feel like that's too personal, they do have an online chat as well. Type in National Suicide Prevention and you'll get a link to it. You can chat with somebody. You can have somebody sit at their keyboard and talk to you because I know sometimes hearing some stranger's voice could seem a little bit overwhelming. So there are, are multiple options if you're feeling it that depressed in your life and you're, you're considering suicide. Please take these steps first. You, you won't regret it. All right. That being said, let's move on to the movie. Okay. Uh, 
Well, <laughs> Atreyu is talk about this. <laughs> Atreyu <laughs> is in theory trying to help uh, our attacks, and some of the, his tactics are better than others, <laughs> and we can point that out. It feels real, though. Like my note is that it feels yeah. way too real. Honestly, the way he goes from because way he said his lines, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. He says, "You have to care. You're my friend." I love you. And then his next line is, stupid horse! Yes. <laughs> yes. It's uh, way it's, too real. Oh, God. It's so heartbreaking. These are just the, the stages that Andrew was talking about last minute. This is exactly what Yeah, I feel like he, he's, he's trying to go for a little bit of the bargaining oh. here. And then he switches to really angry. And he's not angry at Artax. No. For feeling sad. No. But it's coming out as an expression against Artax, which is really unfortunate and and it's it's an emotional complexity that i personally don't have a lot of experience with it's one of the reasons i i i never connected with the film inside out very well because i think i have some sort of emotional limitations or mechanisms that other people have that that i don't engage the same way and so this sudden expression of anger at artax when it's incorrect i don't I don't recognize much because I don't feel like I've I've had that a lot. And so for for me that one's not extremely real or at least not in such a quick kind of snap back and forth. Oh, Part of the thing um, that we have to keep in mind here is that Atreyu is a 12-year-old. He's not emotionally yeah. mature. Yeah. And as, so as much as the movie makes you forget that because he does a lot of mature things, he is still a child. And I was the angry teen. I was undiagnosed for years and years. And when I was a teen, I was that stereotypical, angry, back and forth moody. So, Which I, I never had a yeah. moody phase as a teenager. So I never kind of understood that. I think I never connected with this part of the sequence um, mm-hmm. until later as an adult. And having, like I said, had conversations with people where I'm trying to talk them out of a depressive spiral um, or a... Or a you know, a, a doubtful episode or something uh, where it can be really frustrating. At, I mean, not not as quickly as, as it happens here, but yeah. there's also a sense of urgency here where this horse drowns in two minutes, you know. Yeah. But I do understand it a little more now as an adult, having had this kind of frustration saying, like, you are going to run into a lot of trouble if you don't just listen to what I'm saying <laughs> and do what I'm telling you. And I can see it. And I know you believe it. You just don't have the motivation to get out of it. So just listen to my motivation and do what I tell you. Yeah, I wish Aww. it was that easy sometimes to motivate somebody with my excess motivation. Yeah. Uh, well, once again, the horse is trying to, the, the horse actor is trying to do it, but the character yeah. is not. So. All right, so let's talk yeah. about the way they actually pull this, this scene off because. The mechanics. Yeah, yeah here it is, guys. Our text dies. So, what do you think about the way Wolfgang Peterson chose to film this? Oh, God, the shouting over the fade-out is so Yes, the echo, as the Mm -hmm. fades out, you just get this echo of, oh, you can feel every bit of pain. It's amazing. I think it's kind of the only way you can do it. Like, they get the horse pretty deep in there. Like, it it, it only has its head sticking up. Uh, Which is a little bit more than his eyeball. Yeah, yeah. So, so somehow my memory has created a scenario where they did such a, a more extreme uh, version of this, uh, which but it's pretty deep. Yeah, it's it's pretty effective. I feel like as a kid, it's extremely effective. As an adult, um, I would say 
oh, it just faded in and out so that they wouldn't have to actually kill a horse on on screen. That's <laughs> that's sort of what my adult brain says when I see that fade out. As a kid who, it, or or if I was fully engaged in in not analyzing this minute but experiencing it, I might process it a little differently. But from kind of a clinical eye, it's like, oh, that's exactly why they did that, and it's kind of like, oh, that's disappointing. Couldn't you have made like a puppet head and? <laughs> And, and uh, you know, sank it down. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, that probably is a bad idea. Do either of you know, horse, I may be mistaken, but horses can swim, right? I, I don't know how effectively, yes, but I but think they not. can keep themselves above the water some yes. to get to a place where they can stand. I only bring that up because, like, once again, this is amazing that they got that horse to sit still and not try to... I mean, swim it's, away it's a, yeah that's yeah. the basest instinct in your life is to not do that and they got I a horse to do it what, anyway. when he gets that little head jerk yeah. i think that's exactly what he was doing they just cut around it mm-hmm. um yeah they to quote princess bride they only donkey paddle <laughs> <laughs> yes i kind of wish that they had when they faded back in uh i wish they had faded in a little closer to atreyu in the swamp um instead of so distant from him because the distance, I feel like it makes it seem like it's been a while. I think it has been. To me, I, I get that feeling from this. That like, he's just been sitting there. For but he, and he can't, his depression, no matter how sad he feels at the moment, won't take him down because he's wearing the orange. Hmm. But I feel like, um, and this would be probably next week or, or the week after, I feel like there's a point where he's really sinking into the swamp and it could get him. So I don't know right. if that... Yes. Like, I feel like he is in peril later on, and I feel like if he was going to be in peril based on the sadness of the swamp, this would be the time for it. Right. So how about the fact that they did not pull any punches when it came to this scene here? They straight up show the puddle oh, hole where yeah. our tax is no longer there. Mm-hmm. The circular shape that you know is the last place his head was. Yep. And I think they do, I think they do a good job selling two child actors crying on screen. Right. Because that is hard to do. I haven't had to direct that, but. Do you think that a tree is crying because he's sad or is it the connection to Bastion that's making him cry as deeply as he is? I think he'd be crying anyway. He yeah, has I always, a I always took it as shot when he lifts his head. <laughs> yeah, I always took it as um, Atreyu is crying. Yeah. As if we hadn't delved deep enough into how sad he's feeling here. How sad did, did Artax have to be to know that he was sadder than Atreyu after sitting and watching him die? He was sadder than that because he actually sank in. Well, I mean, if you take what uh, Tierney quoted from the book, then Artax knows I'm I'm sadder than Atreyu can be allowed to be. True. But at the same time, it probably resonates more if Artax is thinking, it's like, he's not even going to be sad about this. And it's like kind of a, there's an anger in his sadness. Like, I'm I'm going away and I don't even matter enough for him to be so sad that he'll die in the swamp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's something that's going to, might break you up a little bit, Tierney. Mm-hmm. When Atreyu was sent on this mission, he was told to take no weapons. Yep. And to go alone. Yep, you called it oh, long he ago. He should have gone alone. He did yep. not follow the rules. And I feel like this is the time that he has to pay the price for not following the rules. Yep. That's probably fair. <laughs> you called it. Hero's journey's back. 
Yep. <laughs> you must follow the rules or else. Oh. And Bastion crying here is is less like, convincing. Well, but I think he kind of sells it with the wiping his sleeve, which is very, like you said, kind of over dramatic. But at the same time, he's not really crying, so that kind of sells it. Like he has, they both have the tears on their faces, and Noah Hathaway is like. He almost looks like he's struggling to stop crying, which would explain why. And then Bastion does, like, a couple of the blinks, as if the fake tear stuff is hurting his eyes, and then he wipes his sleeve across it. So it's kind of hiding most of his face at that moment, while still conveying he's crying. Right. I can't get past how red Bastion's lips are in this scene, though. (laughs) It's the same color as the color of his shirt. I was too emotionally (laughs) distraught to notice such things. But you can tell it's not a real cry, though, because his eyes aren't red at all. Mm-hmm. They just, like, drip some, you know, whatever they do yeah. to get teary eyes. But his lips are so red. Yeah, they're kind of scrunched up, and then he does the couple blinks. And it's like, that's enough. <laughs> hey, Tierney, I thought you'd like to know that he hasn't quite reached the place where the bookmark is in the in the pages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. Oh, we'll talk about bashing with the book next minute. But yeah, I just, I'm so glad I didn't try and read the passage from the book today because I would just be a mess right now. Completely. I'm actually, I was hoping you would do that. I was going to let you do it. I'm not going to read it again. No, no, no. We've, <laughs> we've had enough sad reading from the book. Um. <laughs> now, when I was a kid, I, I definitely like remember reading books and occasionally crying while reading a book. I don't think this ever happened to me while reading a book. Like, like he is in a bad state as he reads this. And I don't think he's in a, any condition to be turning pages. Well, you have to remember that he or, is or also, reading words. He's suffering from the recent death of his mother as well. So, and, and, and yeah. the uh, complete dismissal of that by his father. Exactly. <laughs> All <laughs> <He> right. Almost... <laughs> Page 62. Oh boy. Bastion was sobbing. He couldn't help it. His eyes filled with tears and he couldn't go on reading. He had to take out his handkerchief and blow his nose before he could go on. So accurate. Well translated. And, and like you well said, he couldn't he couldn't go on reading, so we'll see. I'll talk some more about Bastion crying tomorrow. Cause... Now what about backing up just a little bit? The makeup you talked about um him having mud on his face, and he finally does. He finally does have some mud yeah. on his face, but it's not done very well. Well, it's it's supposed to be from when he hits. Remember when he hits the mud and it splatters up at him? Right. When he says that, yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be. But Now, there's already some mud on him before Artax goes under. He's got some on his face as well there, too. Yeah. It, looks like, they re- it looks like they really did overdid some uh, eye makeup as well. <laughs> he uh, almost has, um, what do they call what it? What minute are you looking at? Or what I'm second, looking right? at second 20. I was going to say, I better know what minute you're looking yeah. at, because otherwise that'd be very awkward. Second 20, you almost has mascara eye, like when you cry. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that would be really hard to do the makeup for. I know, I'm just saying it, Regardless, it's yeah, noticeable. I'm like going... watching it weird second by weird second, scrubbing yeah. through. Yeah. I mean, that also could just be he has very dark eyelashes and the way his eyes are kind of closed. I know, That's they're dreamy, aren't they? No. <laughs> This isn't the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with all of her emotions right now. Um, so do you guys have anything else for this minute? I 
I think this one's uh, all wrapped up for me. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to strap our boots up and, and pick up the journey. I know it's not a happy time, but guess what? In these kind of journeys, it's not all happier. It wouldn't be interesting at, to watch. At least it's not Friday. Could you imagine if this was the Friday oh. episode and this was what we ended the, <laughs> the end of the week? <laughs> we'll see you guys Monday. Thanks. Have oh, a great weekend. Oh, boy. <laughs> No, we will gladly see you guys tomorrow and we'll have some more stuff to talk about. But that's that's another another story. story which shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different on the growler. I'm keeping your bones.